Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Bucks game is over. And now, it's time for the longest-running Pro Hoops post-game show in Milwaukee. Hear from the players. The most important thing, we trust one another. What happened, we trust one another, and uh, that's why we came up with uh, the win. The head coach. Um, you know, we're just going to have to be more disciplined. He's going to have to be more disciplined. And the fans. We have some talented players, no doubt about that. But at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to compete at this level of the NBA with what we have going on. This is the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. Presented by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. Now, here's Steve Sparky Pfeiffer on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well... Close, but no cigar on that 60th win of the season for the Milwaukee Bucks. This one in the books at Fiserv Forum. The Nets take this one 133-128 over the Milwaukee Bucks. Their fourth and final meeting of the season. What's going on? Anthony Mandela in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer this evening. Maybe not for long, though. Our Spark Dog was down at the game today. Maybe you're leaving the game. Maybe you bumped into him while you were there. He's going to be joining us. Uh, we think, at some point, as soon as he makes that commute out of Fiserv Forum. Hopefully the traffic's not too bad. Everyone, hopefully, in Miller Park. No traffic on I-94, anyone trying to get to this Brewers-Cubs game. But again, the final score at Fiserv Forum today, 133-128 Nets on top. And Anthony Mandela in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. It's the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. Presented by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza on the fan. A lot to get to in this game. Giannis Antetokounmpo not playing today. More or less, you could consider it load management, I suppose. Maybe a fair way of putting it. Just dealing with some uh, calf tightness, soreness, whatever you want to call it. Got bounced around a little bit in that game Thursday night against the 76ers. Clashing in the paint all evening with Joel Embiid. But still, the Bucks putting some something together on the floor without the Greek freak. The cards just not falling. Question for you this evening is this. You had a chance tonight in the Brooklyn Nets to preview perhaps a first-round playoff series. Bucks right now have the one seed locked up, as was the case earlier this week. Right now in contention, still in the Eastern Conference, your top five shapes up as Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, Boston, and Indiana for the time being. And then these teams at the bottom, Five teams still in it, no more than two and a half games apart, all of them. Two, maybe three games left for each team, depending on how their schedule shakes out down the stretch. Which of these following teams do you think would give the Bucks the most trouble in the first round of the playoffs? 414-799-1250 if you want to hop on the line. And I want to preface this by saying I don't think any of these teams are really a challenge for the Bucks as it pertains to getting out of the first round. I think that's the truth whether Giannis plays or not. I think it's the truth whether Malcolm Brogdon is available or not. We already know he won't be for the first round. If Chris Middleton is banged up, I think they can win without him, as long as they have somebody. Now, if you don't have Giannis, you don't have Middleton, maybe a little bit of a different scenario in the books. But this is who you can choose from right now. The Orlando Magic, currently the sixth seed. They're 40-40. and as are the seven-seed Brooklyn Nets with the win today. They are now 40-40 and in the seventh spot. Detroit right now in the eight-hole, 39-40, and followed by Miami and Charlotte on the outside looking in. 414-799-1250, which of those five teams, the Magic, the Nets, the Pistons, the Heat, and the Hornets, you think would cause the most trouble for the Bucs in the first round of the playoffs? Again, this afternoon's contest at Pfizer Forum, maybe a preview. What we're going to see on the hardwood in just over a week, maybe two weeks away or so. And I got to say, I understand Giannis wasn't on the floor tonight. You lost this one. The Nets do not scare me in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I see sweep territory brooms busted out in the first round 
if the Bucks end up lining up against the Magic, the Nets, or the Pistons, ironically the three teams currently in the playoff picture if the season were to end right this very minute. It's the teams on the outside, Miami and Charlotte, that have, well, nobody has had the Bucks number this season. They're the best team in the NBA, at least on paper, in the regular season, with the MVP candidate Giannis Antetokounmpo leading the way. But the Miami Heat and the Charlotte Hornets have been more of a thorn in the side of the Bucks this season than I think people are maybe willing to give them credit for. Opening night in Charlotte comes down to the overtime period, wire to wire, down at the Spectrum Center. The, the Miami Heat play tough, and I understand that his career is all but over, but I just for the life of me cannot discount what Dwayne Wade brings to the table, whether he's playing an effective role or not, because he has so much experience and so much knowledge to help guide the other pieces of his young team in the first round. Nothing about Orlando, Brooklyn, or Detroit scare me. If I'm wrong, let me know. Let me know why I should be afraid of the Magic, Nets, or Pistons, because I just don't see it. 414-799-1250. The action on the court today, though, Wrapped up, the Nets beat the Bucks 133-128. Let's go inside the box score of that one. How did tonight's game add up? Let's go inside the box score. Brought to you by ABC Audio Video. Home entertainment and commercial audio video. Simply done right. ABCAudioVideo.com This is the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. Presented by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. Going inside the box score, this 133-128 Bucks lost to the Nets at Fiserv Forum on the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. We'll start things off with the visitors and the victors, as it were, this afternoon in Milwaukee. The Brooklyn Nets led by D'Angelo Russell, 25 points for D'Lo. He was 10 of 15 from the field, 3 of 4 from beyond the arc, 10 assists, a double-double for the Nets' all-star point guard. Right behind him, though, Levert. 24 points off the bench in 26 minutes. He was the Nets' second leading scorer. Five assists, a couple of turnovers, and a couple of rebounds for Levert. Rounding things out in the starting lineup as we return there, Joe Harris, 14 points, the three-point assassin, relatively tame. Three of six from deep in this game. The big fella in the middle, Jarrett Allen, racking up an 11-point performance. 10-point performance, rather. For the Brooklyn Nets. Damari Carroll basically non-existent. He played 27 minutes on the court. Just 4 points, 5 rebounds, a couple of assists, and a steal. For the forward, also off the bench today, Jared Dudley, the former Buck. Got some somewhat meaningful run. 23 points, 16 points. 6 of 6 from the charity stripe was Jared Dudley, along with 7 rebounds. That tied with Allen for the team high for Brooklyn in the game. Spencer Dinwiddie, 10 points off the bench as well. And 10 points for Big Ed Davis. We move things then to the Milwaukee Bucks. No Giannis, as I mentioned. Giannis out today with essentially just a day of rest. You've got things locked up. Feeling a little bit sore, a little bit banged up after that 76ers win on Thursday. They give Giannis the night off. And who steps up? But hey, number two. All-star Chris Middleton, 24 points for mid 9 of 18 from the field, 2 of 7 from deep. He was 4 for 4 at the line. 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal. But 4 turnovers. That tied with this next fella for a game high. Eric Bledsoe, 33 points. 11 assists, a double-double for the Bledsoe. He was 5 of 6 from deep. Had 4 rebounds, a couple of assists, and a couple of steals to go with that one as well. Sterling Brown in the starting lineup tonight. He had 11 points, 5 of 7 from the field, one of two from three-point land, four rebounds, five assists. Sterling Brown, we'll get into this a little bit later in the program. Sterling Brown didn't exactly fill up the box score. But when the Bucks needed a play, particularly in the first half, Sterling Brown was there ready to go, and he was getting the job done. In the starting lineup tonight, also DJ Wilson in place of Giannis Antetokounmpo, just five points, seven rebounds, though, for Lanky Smoove. Brooke Lopez, seven points. One of three from deep. 
relatively tame night for Splash Mountain. He did have eight rebounds. Off the Bucks bench, led in minutes by Pat Connaughton with 31, 13 points for Planet Pat. Eight rebounds. I was tied with Brooke Lopez for the team high. Three assists, a couple of steals, one of two from deep. George Hill, 14 points off the bench. That led the bench scoring for the Bucks. Ursan Ilyasova, 12 points and seven boards. And rounding things out, Tim Frazier, he played 18 minutes, nine points, an assist, a rebound, and a steal. For the point guard, Giannis, of course, not playing tonight. Tony Snell, not playing as well, still nursing that ankle. And Bonzi Colson, not playing in tonight's game. A coach's decision. 133-128, the Nets knock off the Bucks. So the Bucks still sitting at 59 wins. Anthony Mandela in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. For the time being, at least. It's the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show presented by Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. And uh, you know what? Let's do this. Let's put the eye on the enemy. Behold our mortal enemy. We're keeping an eye on the enemy. How did the bad guy look tonight? Sponsored by Coach's Pub and Grill on South 13th Street. Stop in today for lunch or dinner and try their fabulous Friday fish fry. Now open, Coach's on Lake Danoon. Going to take a slightly different approach to eye on the enemy here this afternoon. We already know what the Brooklyn Nets did in terms of the box score in this game, but kind of keeping things in line with our topic in 414-799-1250 if you want to join the conversation. The Bucks have just two games left. Most teams in the NBA have two games left, maybe three if they're yet to play tonight. Five teams. Still in contention coming into play today. Those five teams, the Orlando Magic, the Detroit Pistons, Miami Heat, Charlotte Hornets, and the Brooklyn Nets who got a win today. Asking you again, 414-799-1250. Depending on which of those teams lines up with the eight seed to face the Bucks in the first round, which one do you think would be the most problematic? And again, resetting the topic. None of them are an obstacle, in my opinion, of the Bucs getting out in the first round. Not an issue. But when we're talking about Bucks in five as opposed to maybe a sweep or Bucks in six, well, some of these teams may be a little bit more trouble for the Bucs in terms of how they match up. We've seen what Charlotte has done against the Bucs this season, as has have the Miami Heat. Those two teams stand out in my mind. So in my opinion, those two teams are the enemy, so to speak, of the Bucs as it pertains to the first round of the postseason. Both teams on the outside looking in right now as we put an eye on the enemy of the Miami Heat and the Charlotte Hornets. Miami, three games left. They play tomorrow in Toronto. Then they go to Philly. Then they are home against Philly, rather. Then their final game of the season coming up on Wednesday, they visit the Brooklyn Nets. Three of the top teams in the Eastern Conference as it sits right now. And... The Miami Heat, sitting just one game back of that eight seed. I think the Miami Heat have some talent, but I don't think that realistically with that schedule, they're going to be able to slide into that eight spot. The Charlotte Hornets, on the other hand, have a little bit of an easier timeout. They have three games left as well. Tomorrow they're at Detroit. Then they hit the road to go to Cleveland. And then they visit Orlando. And Orlando, by the time that meeting comes could also be playing for something in this Eastern Conference playoff picture. It could very realistically come down to the final, the 82nd game of the season for the Hornets and Nets to see who gets the eighth seed. Charlotte Hornets wrap up with that. Right now, they're two games out, so they have to win out, essentially, if they want to get into the postseason. And I have to say, I would be very, very happy if the Charlotte Hornets we're out of the playoff picture, and we didn't even have to worry about them. 414-799-1250. It's the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. Let's get the wrench and go drive the game. This is the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. Let's get tonight's wrench and go drive of the game. Need auto parts? Wrench and go is a self-service yard. Bring your own tools and access the lowest priced auto parts around. This is the only station Bucks fans need. 105.7 FM, The Fan. 
Wrench and go drive of the game in today's Bucks loss. If you haven't already heard, wrench and go, kind of a cool concept. Bring your own tools. They got the lifts and all that there. You can work on your car. It's kind of neat, especially for someone like me who uh, drives a less than sturdy vehicle but lives in the city and doesn't have a garage and doesn't really feel like hauling a toolbox two blocks to where my park is car car is parked rather on the street. So, hey, if you're like me, probably want to check out Wrench & Go, a couple of locations across Milwaukee. Wrench & Go drive of the game in tonight's Bucks loss. Again, the final score in this one, 133-128 nets. He didn't exactly fill up the box score, but Splash Mountain making the nets pay. Block shot, Lopez. You got Russell. Matt Connaughton put the burners on. Lopez follows. That is a beautiful play. But that's done off the pass. Penetration and then cutting off the ball. And keeping that potato hot. That potato hot. Marcus Johnson, Jim Paschke on the call. The highlight courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin. You're listening to the Pick and Save Milwaukee Probes postgame show, 414-799-1250 if you want to join the conversation of the teams left in contention for that eight seed in the Eastern Conference. Who do you think would cause the worst or most challenging matchup for the Bucks? You're listening to the Pick and Save Milwaukee Probes postgame show. Giannis tracks it down and jams. There's always something unexpected that changes the game. It's going to be crazy, man. Here's tonight's X Factor of the Game. Brought to you by Brian Stratton College Athletics. Offering athletic scholarships in 15 junior college sports. Learn more at bscbobcats.com. X Factor of the Game. Brought to you by... Brian and Stratton, Bobcat Athletics. Anthony Mandela in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. It's the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show presented by Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. The Nets came out on top today, 133-128 over the Bucks. Your X factor of the game coming at the charity stripe. Neither team really exactly putting on a clinic from the free throw line, but in such a closely contested contest, it can make the difference, and it might just have done that this afternoon. 18 of 23, 78.3% from the stripe were the Brooklyn Nets. The Bucks, 14 of 21. 66% from the line for the Bucks. You never know. You hit some of those down at a clip more worthy of uh, professional basketball at the highest level in the United States. Maybe, maybe you come out on top in this game. There's your X factor of the game. Again, the Bucks fall today. It was 133-128, the final. Taking your calls, 414-799-1250. We had a chance today to potentially preview the first-round matchup for the Milwaukee Bucks. They have the one seed locked up with the win today, as it stands right now. The Brooklyn Nets and Orlando Magic both tied 40-40 for the six and seven seeds, but all five teams that are still in this playoff picture at the bottom, six essentially through ten, they're just two and a half games apart. Some of these teams have two games. Some of them have three games left. So there's a very real possibility that, depending on how this shakes out, the Bucks and Nets can meet in the first round of the playoffs. I just can't get down. I know that the Nets won today. But you schooled the Nets in your three previous matchups this season. Not school like beat them by 30, but you were basically in control for more or less all 48 minutes of the previous three games. Yeah, it sucks. You lost at home. You didn't have Giannis. You're resting him today so that you can have him for that game. Sam Schmitz in producing the show today. Evan, Mark, Heffelfinger on the other side of the glass. I think I'm pretty safe in my assumption when I say this. Um, go to, Throw this to you, Sam. Uh, if Giannis Antetokounmpo played in this game, is there any realistic shot in the universe that the Bucks lose? No. Right, Evan? No, no way. No. Okay, so we're in agreement that if Giannis played today, they sweep the season series of the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. So that would be four games played, two and two, home and away. Um, they would have swept that. So by that logic, assuming that you're going to be at full force in terms of bodies, there's really no reason to think that the Bucks can't sweep the Nets. In the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, even 
you know, with Jared Allen, the force that he is defensively and offensively, the way he matches up against the Bucks. I mean, you put Giannis in, and Jared Allen really is just a you know a normal threat. He's not really anything serious, in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree completely, and and it's kind of hard for me to. A lot of times you see this in, in all pro sports. These guys, maybe they have like a crazy beard, like they're trying to get in your head a little bit. Jared Allen looks a lot more imposing than he is. His afro makes him seem probably what a foot taller than he actually is. Um, I don't think Giannis is scared of anybody. So on that point, it might as well be Joel Embiid in there. Um, I don't really, I don't really care. If you're Giannis Antetokounmpo, you're going to go get yours. Going down these Eastern Conference standings, then. So that's the Nets. I, so consensus agreed, three out of three votes. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. If you disagree, that if the Nets and Bucks end up meeting in the first round of the playoffs, that that should be a sweep for the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, the Orlando Magic. I just don't think that they have the wherewithal from an experience and really honestly from an all-around talent standpoint to get a win on the Bucks either. Another Eastern Conference foe. They've met a handful of times this season, three to be exact. First time on October 27th at Pfizer Forum. The Bucks win that game 113-91. to The Bucks win the second game in Orlando 118 to 108. And then the last time, home against Orlando, Saturday, Saturday February 9th, uh, things basically just fell apart for the Bucs. It was 103 83. They're probably their worst loss of the season, not only in the point differential margin, but in terms of how they played. Horribly sloppy game. I remember that night. I was in Madison going to the Badger hockey game. We get out. Bucks game is just starting up, lined out perfectly. We're thinking, you know, we're going to have a good time. They're going to get fat on the magic. This is going to be no contest. And we're sitting there in our state's capital, and the Bucks play maybe the worst game of basketball I've seen them play in the past two seasons. So that was not good. But by that logic, again, and if I remember right, Giannis didn't play that game either. He did play in the first two games. Buy or sell. I went to Sam first last time. Let's go to Evan first this time. I don't see any way the Orlando Magic get a win in the first round if Giannis is playing. I don't know if I would agree with that. Oh. I think the Magic scare me, man. Why? I They have a lot of pieces that can match up well with the Bucks. Fournier is a terrific shooter when he's on, so if you get that game where he's on, he's scoring 30 points on you. Vucevic matches up very well with Brooke Lopez. Uh, Aaron Gordon is the kind of athletic freak that can not stop Giannis, but slow him down a little bit. Um, their their biggest weakness is point guard, so you could see someone like Brogdon. It, well, he wouldn't be back by then, but Bledsoe, the veteran experience of George Hill, that might be what propels him over. But I could see the Magic easily taking a game or two in that series. All right, I respectfully disagree. The Orlando Magic first right now in the Southeast Division at 40 and 40. People talk people talk in other sports about competitive balance that you know in the NFL maybe a 7 and 9 team sneaks into the postseason every year. Um a 40 and 40 basketball team should not be winning a division. I can't take the Orlando Magic seriously. I under, I understand what you're saying, Evan. I just can't get down with it. Sam, do you see any way the Bucks don't sweep the Magic? You know, I just can't see it. You know, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if they took maybe one game because, like Evan said, Nikola Vucevic always matches up really well against the Bucks. I just can't figure it out. I mean, he is he is an All Star this season, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I think defensively the Magic match up against the Bucks a little better than the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, that's fair. Moving on down the line here, this is the last team that is in the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference as it's currently constructed, and that's the Detroit Pistons. And I don't think there is a team that I could be less worried about. <laughs> um, first time around, 115-92 the Bucks win. Second time, they win 107-104. That was when DJ Wilson stole the show. 121-98 the Bucks win. And then they complete the season sweep, 115-105, back in January. So again, four games, four wins, both home and away. Different levels of strength in terms of injuries. I can't take the Detroit. The only thing, I'll put it this way, respect where respect is due. Dwayne Casey is a good basketball coach. Yes. I wouldn't put it past Dwayne Casey to find a way, come postseason time, to squeak a game out of that matchup. Yeah, I mean, 
in all honesty, I've, I've covered a bunch of Detroit Pistons games versus the Bucks this season, and man, out of all the contenders that are contending for that eight seed, this is the team that I am not afraid of, surprisingly. I mean, I just watched that Blake Griffin and Giannis matchup, and Giannis owns him every time. And Andre Drummond, I think you can kind of fade him out offensively, so he's really not a factor other than on defense. Right. And, you know, everybody else can outshoot their other position players, whether it be Middleton, Bledsoe, and then I think just the bench, is just, it's not even close. Our bench is way more deep than Detroit's. Right, and that's a huge part about how the Detroit Pistons are constructed, too, in terms of their roster. They're very big man heavy. Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin basically carry that team night in and night out. Come playoff time, offense is going to inherently start moving away from the basket. Blake Griffin, he has a respectable pull-up jump shot from all parts of the floor. You can't really just leave him in isolation. Andre Drummond, I would leave on an island all day. I could care less about guarding Andre Drummond anywhere outside the paint. So those are the three teams that could potentially be an eight seed right now that are in the playoff picture. Before we get to the remaining two contenders, let's get the defensive play of the game. Marcus, it seems to me this has been a decent deflection game. What defensive play stood out? Here's the Laborers Local 113 defensive play of the game. The Laborers Local 113 Milwaukee. Feel the power at liuna113.org. This is the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. Presented by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. It is indeed the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show presented by Screaming Sicilian Frozen Pizza. The defensive play of the game in a 133-128 bucks loss. The highlight, courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin. Harris tries a wraparound. Good defense by Lopez. Bledsoe picks off the pass to the perimeter. Eric Bledsoe behind the back. Sterling Brown. An absolutely beautiful execution by the Milwaukee Bucks on that play early in the first quarter. Perhaps even all the more remarkable is that maybe two minutes before that, an almost identical play went down in which Middleton scooped up a bad pass from D'Angelo Russell, took it down the floor behind the back pass, but to DJ Wilson. It was Sterling. Yeah, go ahead and play it. Let's do it. Sterling Brown driving and could not score. The Bucks are actually first. Are they not in points per chance on yes, the Bucks? Yes, they are. Bucks have done an outstanding job and give Giannis a lot of credit for that. DJ Wilson from Middleton, the hard flush. The impression, the impressive part of those two plays, in my opinion, just the fluidity with which guys were able to pick up the play, pick up the ball, and visualize and make a play happen on the fly. That's not something you saw from the Bucks when Jason Kidd was here. It was usually, if you got the ball, you took it to the rim, more or less. These guys, one through five, just have a knack for seeing the floor and finding ways to make plays. Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe with behind-the-back passes, setting up their teammates for dunks in this game. Again, the final score, 133-128. We're going to hit a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. You're listening to the Pick and Save Milwaukee Probes postgame show on The Fan. We know you can do that. Giannis You're listening to the Pick and Save Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show. What play had you screaming? Brought to you by Palermo Screaming Sicilian Premium Frozen Products and Kraft Pizzas. Welcome back. Bucks get the win today over the Brooklyn Nets. No, they didn't. I was at the game. Watched and lose it myself. I got to say, I, I got a bunch of stuff I want to talk about about this arena. So, I've been to a couple games now uh, this year. Been to a concert, Eric Church concert, last weekend. How was uh, that? I, I want to get into that. Huh? How was that concert? Amazing. In fact, the photographer for uh, Eric Church, his personal photographer... Um, actually put a Facebook post up saying that that was probably the best night of the entire tour to that point uh, was that Friday night show that we won. He played for three and a half hours, had to get off the stage at midnight because that's the curfew they have for the arena in Milwaukee. The concerts really? have to be done at midnight. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was an amazing show. Amazing. In fact, I was texting uh, Jeff Orlovsky, 
uh, during that show, asking him if he was an Eric Church fan, and he had seen him play, and he loves Eric Church uh, as well. Yeah, it was a great show. All right, uh, play of the game, Anthony Mandela, what you got? Uh, it was Sterling Brown keeping him in it going into halftime. Final two minutes of the second quarter. Sterling Brown rips the three. One-point game. That Five was, points for Sterling. That was an off-rhythm three. Caught that, kind of hesitated, took a bounce to regain some rhythm, and then buried the long jump shot left corner. Earlier in the program today, that highlight courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin, I was mentioning Sterling Brown didn't exactly fill up the box score, and with you being in the arena, yeah. therefore firsthand, I just felt like his presence was so much larger than what he actually produced in terms of points, rebounds, assists. That he was more, in there and he was coming through. Had more weight on the game. With, with the plays when they needed him. Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you uh, on that at all. Uh, George Hill irritated me there for a little bit uh, with about three minutes to go, I want to say, in the third quarter. Uh, playing a little too much uh, QT one-on-one basketball, just dribbling the hell out of the shot clock uh, and not passing and then eventually turning it over. Uh, and they made another bad pass on the next possession. Just th- There were a couple of things that were irritating me about Hill. But again, I love me some George Hill and what he means to this basketball team, so don't read more into that other than it was a little frustrating. For me uh, in this game, your two best players had to step up with Giannis out, and I think they both did. I think Bledsoe and Middleton both did their jobs in this basketball game against a team that you may see in the playoffs. At the end of the day, you lost because your defense wasn't very good. I mean, that, that's it. That That's why. When Brooke Lopez was out of the basketball game there in the fourth quarter, you couldn't get a rebound to save your life. You gave them like six times an opportunity uh, to get a shot off there in the fourth quarter. It was ridiculous. I that That is why... You know, when you start talking about these regular season games that don't really mean a whole bunch, this would have been cool for the 60th win of the season and that, but this type of stuff here can't happen in the playoffs. You can't get these type of lapses on that side of the floor consistently for four quarters when you get into the playoffs. Because when you face a better team, they're really going to make you pay more than the Brooklyn Nets did tonight. They just are, and... That's something that that's going to have to be a focus. Brooke Lopez couldn't get himself in rhythm all night long. Kept getting key fouls. Then they were pulling him out and trying to play uh, Ursan uh, as the big in the game. Ursan did okay. Had uh, a couple tip ins. Uh, hit a hit a three as well. He, he was okay throughout the game. Connaughton, I thought played really well uh, tonight off the bench too. Uh, but my God, I'm just telling you, without Giannis, this basketball team needs to play defense for four quarters. And they show that, okay, so we get down by 15. All right, we'll turn it up for a little bit. We'll catch right back up again. Then they get down again. They turn it up a little bit. They catch right back up. But they weren't able to get that knockout punch against the Brooklyn Nets uh, the way they probably would have had you had your best player on the basketball floor. That wasn't able to happen there at the end of the basketball game. And again, defensively. Again, I just go to that one possession where they got like four or five second-chance opportunities to try and score and eventually hit a jumper uh, to do just that. Yeah, and that's really, it's the timing and the situation aspect of it because when all was said and done, both teams had 43 rebounds right. in the game. Yep. It was the timing of them, and like you said, the second-chance points, I believe, let's, I mean, you should not shoot almost 56% uh, and lose. You shouldn't shoot 47% from three and lose. Those are things that should not happen at the end of the day. Those are stats. If I read those stats, it should be Bucks win. And what? And usually when you score 128 for good measure, too. Well, in today's NBA, you're right. In today's NBA, you look up and you're like, holy crap, this is a four-quarter game and you're already at, at 133-128 as a final. And part of that was they got on that run to start the third quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right there at halftime. You look up and all of a sudden you're down nine. You give up 42 points in the third. Can't have it, folks. Cannot have it when you get to the postseason. I'm not going to sit here and overreact uh, in a game against Brooklyn, uh, but now you go to Atlanta tomorrow, and that should be a win. Uh, on Wednesday in Oklahoma City's fan appreciation night, I don't really care about that game. I, it doesn't matter. But Isn't that Giannis bobblehead night? Is that on fan appreciation night? I believe it is. Yeah, so you're assuming they're going to make him play uh, that game on Giannis bobblehead. That, that would be... Uh, the guess, I guess, going in. And tonight was a giveaway. It was a DiVincenzo uh, hat giveaway uh, tonight uh, at the game for the first, what was it, 10,000 fans or whatever it was. Did you see uh, 
yesterday I saw it on Buck's social media. They uh, were promoting the Dante DiVincenzo giveaway. You had a chance to win the autographed uh, version of the giveaway. And the picture they put out, someone in a previous autograph signing had brought a jar of ragu pasta sauce sure, and he signed for it. him to sign. Yeah. I, I'm surprised a lot of people don't do that for Dante DiVincenzo, consider his nickname is Ragu. Uh, but yeah, so he was in his suit uh, on the sidelines along with Paul Gasol uh, and Malcolm Brogdon watching the game. Giannis was suited up, uh, and Giannis, like always, wants to play, and Giannis, like always, was into that basketball game the entire time, standing half the game, cheering, and really into the basketball game throughout. And again, when you're, it's your leader, and could he have played? Of course he could have played. Calf soreness because he got kicked in the calf or whatever. Come on, stop. I mean, <laughs> he he obviously could have played. Uh, if this was a playoff game, he certainly would have played. Uh, but they rested him, and I've got absolutely no problem with it. And we had uh, a dad and his kids behind us, and they were looking for Giannis, and Giannis eventually came out. And this was their first basketball game. Um, and, you know, no Giannis. And the dad was doing a great job explaining to them that, hey, look, they got to rest him. They got the one seed. They want him healthy for the playoffs. If he gets hurt, they're screwed. Good and, dad and he was doing the good dad thing, right? I mean, he was he was all over it. Now, later in the game, he asked me why Thon Maker wasn't playing. So then I had to tell him that he's no longer on the Bucks. Um, but there there is that. <laughs> See, I, I just I really think doing what we do, people that, that listen to this station, you know, all the time, uh, really think that everybody knows as much as them. It's just not so. People just do not follow sports 24-7, you know, seven days a week. They don't live, eat, breathe, and sleep it. There are a bunch of people that do, but there is more people that don't than do. And you just have to understand that. And I'm telling you, if you're at a Bucks game and you hear people having a conversation about something and you know the answer and you can help them along, feel free to turn around and help that person. We're all one big happy Bucks family. Right. The more educated we all are, the better off everything is. I'll tell you my Bucks observations uh, from the actual arena itself uh, coming up on the other side of the sports flash. We'll also hear from Mike Boonholzer. We'll go inside the Bucks locker room tonight, too. Uh, Bucks lose 133 to 128. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer here. Anthony Mandela there. Evan, other side of the glass. Your dude was awful in the first half. I mean, I'm pretty sure he you could dunk. I'm pretty sure you could have blindfolded somebody in the audience to shoot as well as he did in the first half of that game. That was pretty brutal. I just it was he wasn't even close. And when he hit a three in the second half, that was on my side of the court where we were, we were sitting. He did this spin move to go down the other side, and you could see in his eyes it was like finally I hit something. I mean, you could just tell that he was mad by how bad he shot in the first half. Seriously, he wasn't close. I, he was way off in the first half. But at least he got that three in the second half. I was thinking of Evan the whole time, like, boy, you better be happy you're not sitting next to me right now because you'd be hearing it. 133-128, Nets over the Bucks tonight. Let's hear from the head coach. This segment is sponsored by Schneider. For over 80 years, they've been offering great careers with great benefits and more home time. Visit schneiderjobs.com or call 1-800-44-PRIDE. This is the only station Bucks fans need. 105.7 FM. The fan. 133, 128. Nets over the Bucks. Steve Sparky, Fiverr, Anthony Mandela. Evan, other side of the glass. Sam Schmitz over there doing sports flashes for you. I, I, I'm just going to, we're going to hear from uh, Coach Boonholzer here. But I, I, a couple of thoughts on, on the arena and how this whole thing works. Number one, I get down with we don't want to have paper tickets. We want to have everything digital. If your phone's dead, you're screwed. Sorry, that's how it goes. Um, so, okay. It only took 80 games for this to come up. Well, I, this isn't why it's coming up. I, I'm not a big fan of the whole thing anyhow, but I didn't really say anything because whatever. So, all right, we've all understood that. That's how this is going to work. Move on with your life. Okay, fine. But this is where my issue is. And it's not really an issue now because they lost. But had they won, this would have been a bigger issue with me. If they would have won today, it would have been the 60th win. That would have been a pretty monumental thing, don't you think? Yeah. Hmm. 60 wins in a season, not like it happens every year. And do you know what I would have had? Not a damn thing to remember about A screenshot of a QR code. That goes, I don't don't think that even stays. I think that goes away. Uh Well, I mean, 
yeah, I'm pretty sure. But that, that's it. There is no ticket for me to go get signed by Giannis when Giannis is 50 to say, hey, man, this was the 60th win back in the 2018-19 season or whatever else. Giannis is like, dude, that's cool, man. You were actually there. You, 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 don't, you don't get that, right? Mm-hmm. If Giannis throws up 80 in a game, you got nothing. You got nothing. I mean, it, to me, that that kind of sucks, right? Yeah. And I'm sure they don't really care about that stuff over at the organization, but that does kind of suck. You you take away that memory and that memorabilia aspect of it, um, and that that's that's not cool. The second thing that I haven't run into until tonight, but we weren't the only ones because other people were asking the exact same question as we were as we were walking around trying to figure this out. You go into that arena, you go main concourse, right? And then if you want to go to the upper deck, you take the escalator up to the upper deck. And we had the boys, and they hadn't been to the arena yet. So we went up, and then we took them up all the way to the club level and walked outside, which, by the way, is a huge attraction. Like, everybody is standing it's in really line. It's really cool. Everybody's standing in line to do it and the whole deal. So you take them out onto the thing. They can look outside or hang out outside. We go back. We come back down. We come back down to the the upper concourse area, right? Well, our tickets were in the lower the lower bowl. So we had to get back down to the main level that we came up. So we're like, oh. Well, the escalator on the other side must be the down escalator because we came up this you escalator. You would think that. So we walked around the entire concourse of the upper concourse to show the boys everything. There's the Jack Daniels bar and showing them all this stuff. And then we get a bunch of candy. And so we walk all the way around. We come on the other side. Guess what? That escalator's going up too. Both escalators are going up. Now at this point, we're not the only people. Now there's other people going, how the hell do you get down? Like, how do you get down to the main concourse? Now all of a sudden, we're all looking at each other trying to figure out how you get down. So then I went and finally asked a worker, and she's like, oh, the elevator, or you can take the back stairs down. I feel like that's a fire hazard. So then you stand there, and you wait for a stupid elevator amongst all these people who also need to go down because there's no way to go down. But see, and, and I get it, right? So like... When you build this thing, you're not thinking like people are going to go check out your stadium and have to go back down. You're thinking, well, you go to your seat, you don't go back down to the game is over. So there's no need before the game to have the escalator going back down because nobody's going to use it. You're just going up to your seat. You're not going between levels before the game. But in this case, I was. The first game I went to, we weren't because we had already seen the stadium. So it wasn't a big deal. This game, want to show the kids everything. And then you couldn't get back down. So then we had to wait for an elevator uh, with everybody else. And they have a nice little attendant in there uh, that sits in a chair. Get the man or girl a TV, please. Uh, that That's a pet peeve of mine. Look, if you're going to put some guy or girl in a stupid elevator and make them ride up and down for God knows how long with people, mm-hmm. there should be a TV in there that they can watch the game or watch something while they're in there. They do if that you at Miller go, Park and Lambeau. That's where I was going. If you go to either one of the other two stadiums and they've got these attendants, whether it be for the media or whatever, they've got somebody in there and they've got a TV so they can watch the game or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. And even Put a TV in there. Even at the old arena, the now UW-Milwaukee Panther Arena, they don't have an elevator nope. as far as I know. It's not really a factor. But they have TVs all through the concourse, so well, the people working do. the concession stands, because like at Miller they Park, have, they face away, right? But they've got TVs all over the concourse I'm just at saying, that arena too. Even that arena, right? Absolutely. So you just <laughs> you have to. For me, that, that that's another pet peeve. And again, nobody's going to complain about this other than the people working in the elevator, probably. But that's something I noticed that I wanted to point out. Other things uh, that I've I've noticed uh, along the way here. So. The first game that I had went to, we were up kind of behind the basket in kind of like a corner. There was no leg room. None. Really? Because it's because of how it's That's built. Really... Because of how it's built, there's only a couple of seats where that probably affects how it goes sure. up to the main concourse. There was no leg room. Now, this time we went down and we had the radio station seats, so I got spoiled today. So but we were down a lot closer ton of leg room down in those seats. First time, not as much leg room. Sat in the upper deck uh, for like the scrimmage to see what those seats were like. 
And those there's there's good leg room there too. So yeah. if you go to a game and you get scrunched into some of those seats and you're like, man, there's no leg room in this stadium. That's not true. You just got a couple of of much leg room where you're kind of got your knees up to your chest. But for the most part, that I think that is all um, good seating for the most part. Uh, and it's that a great arena. view from literally every seat. Every seat, yeah. No when, we, when they had the uh, the green and cream scrimmage before the season started, and he had, you know, if you went to that, you had a chance to walk around, sit in basically you try are. it out. I was going everywhere. I was like, this has to be a horrible view. Or nope. like in the Bradley Center, I was looking at it. You have to feel like when you sit here, you're just going to fall forward and that's down. That's what it was in the upper deck. That's yep. how it was at the Bradley Center. I just thought for sure there's got to be some place that sucks to sit in this place. There has to be. Nope. Even like behind the basket on the lower level. Right. The way they have them situated and the. Uh, the seats that they can add and take out, depending on what they're doing for the concert or the game, even there, the hoop barely obstructs your view. No, I, I just the the arena is so much better uh, than the Bradley Center. From was. a fan experience of yes. watching the game or engaging with the concert, it's um it's second to none. And for the most part, during quarters, you're not waiting in line anywhere to get food. I mean, if you go during a quarter, you can just walk up, get your food, and go sit back down. Now mm. you have lines. Excuse me, more at halftime uh, and before the game than you do during the game itself. But during quarters, if you get up and go, mostly everybody was sitting in their seats during the yeah. quarters. There were very few people getting up uh, and walking out, uh, walking around at least. So I think that's good too. The food choices are obviously phenomenal as well as everybody knows. And that was a cool part about taking everybody around the stadium today, taking the kids around, showing, oh, okay, this is their idea of the Milwaukee public market space. This is what this is all about. And kind of giving me an idea of why everything was put together the way it was. Um, yeah, so I don't know. That, a couple of my thoughts, I guess, uh, on the arena uh, for the most part uh, tonight. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that place in the playoffs is going to be really loud. I just really do. Because when that place does get loud – and it did there at the end in sections, it does get loud. There's no question. Now, can you hold it for four quarters like that? That I don't know. But when it gets loud, it it definitely does well. I mean, it definitely takes care of itself. There was questions about whether or not the Bradley Center versus this arena, and people on TV obviously questioning how loud this place can get, but uh, I think it holds its own. Holds its own for the most part. All right, we got to hear from Mike Boonholzer, right? Play the open again. That was like 20 minutes ago. Just, Just play the open again. Let's hear from the head coach. This segment is sponsored by Schneider. For over 80 years, they've been offering great careers with great benefits and more home time. Visit SchneiderJobs.com or call 1-800-44-PRIDE. This is the only station Bucks fans need. 105.7 FM, The Fan. All right, let's hear from Coach Mike Boonholzer after this Bucks loss. Um... Tough, tough game today. You know, a lot of credit to uh, to Brooklyn. You know, a couple guys shot it really well. Levert really stands out, making, you know, a lot of threes. D'Angelo Russell to start the game, uh, making a lot of threes. Uh, and I think just, you know, um, we need to finish some of our defensive possessions. Uh, it was a problem a week ago when we played them. And again tonight, just uh, too many second chance opportunities down the stretch. Close game. Um, we got to find a way to come up with those boards, and, and I think we outshot them. We did, you know, a lot of things. We're, you know, we have the advantage, but on the offensive boards, I think that was the difference, uh, especially late. Defensive rebound has been something you guys have done very well this year. Just what did you see late, where where you are giving up those offensive rebounds? I just thought they kind of were flying in, and um, you know, their activity, their pursuit of the ball was greater than ours. Uh, Particularly early in the game, it's seen that Brooklyn were getting, doing a lot of scoring in the paint, obviously, with Giannis out. Is that, uh, uh, how long, I guess, does it take for those guys to adjust? I know Giannis has missed some games uh, recently, but how much of an impact is that? Well, I mean, Giannis is incredibly important to us, but I I don't think, you know, the activity just in general, whether he's playing or not playing, um, you know, our effort to protect the paint, protect the rim, uh, tonight was... Uh, just, you know, not probably up to the standards that we've set all year. What is it that the Nets do that do make it that makes it so tough that you have to play so long into possessions? Um, you know, tonight it was a little different. Tonight they switched a lot. Um, you know, other times they've played zone. Um, 
you know, they scored a lot. So, you know, we weren't getting as many stops as we'd like. So, um, you know, probably just a, a mix of different things. Obviously, we've seen Eric have some good nights before, but 33 points, 11 assists. He just felt like, you know, he kind of took over tonight for Giannis. Just what can that mean for him going towards the playoffs, just trying to get right and, and get in the right kind of mindset? Yeah, I thought offensively he was really good. You know, I think defensively he was like the rest of us, you know, too many mistakes. Um, you know, we, there was a stretch where Harris was free in transition. I don't know if his just bled, but, you know, our effort defensively, um, just not good enough. Well, you said before the game you wanted to see Chris get back into his, his rhythm. Did you feel he, uh, he accomplished that tonight? Um, you know, at times it was just good to see him get up around 30 minutes. Um, that was kind of the goal. Um, you know, and there was times when I thought he had a good rhythm and was kind of doing things that were accustomed to him. And, you know, there's always a couple looks. You're like, man, he makes those usually. But, uh you know, I think he's feeling good, and um, I think he'll just continue to get better over the next week. There is Coach Budenholzer after the Bucks lose tonight to, to the Brooklyn Nets. At the beginning of the show, before I got back from the game, Anthony Mandela started the show asking, you know, of the teams that are left that you could play for the eight seed, is there one that concerns you more than others? Uh, and started talking about a bunch of different ones. I don't know if you – did you read some of these tweets that you had coming in here? Any of these? I did not get a chance okay. to before you hopped in. So Tyler says Orlando. That team's playing hot right now. Good news is that they will probably be a six or a seven seed. And Orlando has beaten the Milwaukee Bucks uh, earlier this year in the regular season. Uh, John Hammond's team, obviously. Uh, Big Dog 45 says, not a fan of playing the Nets with or without Giannis. Game see him to have to been, have been tight. They shoot the three and we seem to not defend them. Maurice says, nobody as long as Giannis is playing. But... If Giannis isn't playing, then everybody worries me. Uh, and that's uh, Maurice uh, tweeting at the game. Okay. So th- this is where I'm at on it. Now, you said uh, the Hornets, right, was one of your teams? Yeah. For me, it's if you're talking about the teams that pose the greatest threat in terms right. of causing trouble. Yep. I don't think any of them can even come close to stopping the Bucks, even getting to a game six. I All don't right. see any of them forcing a game six. But it's the Heat. And the Hornets. Heat and the Hornets for you. For me. That are the most problematic. Okay, good. Uh, for me, uh, looking at this this bad boy, I think they're going to sweep whoever they get. Going to, um, who was it? Maurice, who says, without Giannis, they all worry me. I think they can beat anybody in the first round without Giannis. And I know that's, because you're not going to have Giannis or Brogdon. And we don't know about Miritich. We're hoping Miritich is ready, but we're not for sure. But I think they can beat anybody. Now, they're not going to sweep anybody in the first round without Giannis, but they can beat anybody. Now, Giannis is going to be there. Um, so j- just to to look at it from that perspective. I think Orlando concerns me if we're talking about, you know, who could they possibly lose a game to or so. They're long like the Bucks. They can get out and run with the Bucks. They can shoot uh, to a certain degree if they get hot uh, as well. I think the magic worry me a little bit more than the rest when we start talking about uh, if you get that that one eight matchup. Now again, I I don't think the Bucks lose a game to anybody in this one eight matchup. But if we're talking about who would it be, I think Orlando is definitely one of them. And now right now they're forty and forty like the Brooklyn Nets. The eight seed is Detroit at thirty nine and forty. A game back is Miami at thirty eight and forty one. The Hornets two games back. Uh, at 37 and 42. So that's how it stacks up as of right now. This very well may come down in the last game of the season to determine who the Bucks play uh, in the eighth seed. Any of those uh, five teams could end up in the eighth seed before this whole thing is said and done. You talk about the Orlando Magic. They've won eight of their last ten right now. They are 28 and 22 in the conference at 540 and 40. The Magic are 25 and 16 at home this year. They've been a horrible road team, but they've been very good at home. Now in comparison, the Bucks are 32 and 7 at home. Whew. 27 and 14 on the road, 14 and 2 in the division. They've only got two losses in their own division. 39 and 12 in the conference. Now if you look at points per game, they're averaging 118 points per game. Of those teams just listed, the only one close to them kind of is Brooklyn at 112. The others are 107 105, Charlotte's 110. Points allowed, Bucks are giving up 109. Now this is where it changes. 
Orlando's only given up 106.5 points per game. Miami's only giving up 105.8 points uh, per game. So we start talking about that. I think Orlando is the team that probably could pose somewhat of a, of a problem. After Orlando, I'd probably say it's going to be Brooklyn for me. It's probably my second team. Uh, those are my my top two teams that would say maybe they can get a game against the Bucks. Charlotte, Kemba Walker, you just never know, right? Kemba Walker gets hot, and Giannis isn't playing well for whatever the reason. He can't hit a shot, and the Bucks go cold from outside. Maybe Charlotte ends up being that team. Maybe. Uh, and, and that's something that we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out once you get to that point. Uh, I thought it was a good question. I do. I, I think it's... It's a real good question because I think most of us are to the point of not thinking they're probably going to lose a game in the first round. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because they've played so well for so long all year. And with the record that you have, knowing you're going to get 60 wins probably tomorrow against the Atlanta Hawks. I thought they could have done it today had Giannis played. But you get 60 wins tomorrow against the Atlanta Hawks. Remember, Boonholzer had a 60-win team in Atlanta. And he had the best record in the East. Uh, Went to the Eastern Conference Finals with that team. And lost two? LeBron James. No LeBron James in the East anymore to lose to. That 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 does not happen. And if there was no LeBron James in the East, he very well could have taken that Hawks team to the NBA Finals. Yeah, he could have. Very well and that, could have. That Hawks team had a lot of talent. They didn't have an MVP on that team. No. No, they did not. No one even close to this at all. All right, let's uh, look at the injury report for the Bucks. Who's banged up on the Bucks? Once I felt I could put weight on it, I was like, I had to get back out there. This is the McCormick Law Office Milwaukee Injury Report. McCormick Law Office, the back injury attorneys. All right, let's talk about the injuries. Bob in his walking boot uh, over there on the sidelines obviously did not play. Uh, DiVincenzo's done for the year. Malcolm Brogdon, they're hoping second round of the playoffs. Those were your three guys sitting in suits uh, on the sidelines. Uh, Giannis didn't play. Left calf soreness. Apparently got kicked in the calf or something uh, in the Philly game. Tony Snell still uh, hoping to get back in time for the playoffs with his left ankle. Did you see the the report earlier by Velasquez about Ursan? I don't believe I did. Broke his nose in the Philly game? Really? Again. Here he is. Still playing. Well, he's tough. Oh, no, it wasn't Velasquez. Velasquez wasn't there. It was, um, was it? Pittman. Kane Pittman. Pittman. Yeah. There's some interesting stuff from Kane Pittman that we can maybe get to after the break. All right, fine. Sounds good. All right, take another uh, quick time. I will get back to some more uh, stuff from Kane Pittman, who was there at the game tonight. Uh, Matt Velasquez with the night off, uh, covering the Bucks tonight. Back at it tomorrow against the Atlanta Hawks. Bucks lose tonight, 133-128. to We're heading into the Bucks locker room to hear what the players saw on the court. Sponsored by Precision Sports. Specializing in the delivery, installation, removal, and repair of basketball hoops, exercise equipment, game tables, and backyard playgrounds. Go to PrecisionSportsOnline.com. All right, 133-128. Nets over the Bucks tonight. See Sparky Fiverr, Anthony Mandela, Sam Schmitz, Evan, chairman of the DJ Wilson fan club. He was in hiding in the first half. I I guess he peeked his head out for the post-game show. That was nice of him. DJ Wilson hit that. That three and Evan came out of that. Was, I mean, I don't blame him. I'd been hiding two in the first half. Man. Man, the Brewers are driving me nuts watching this game right now. They're driving me crazy. They keep getting runners on base and can't get them in. I game sided to Tim Allen uh, tonight uh, with uh, the Bayview uh, Shade and Blinds post game show coming up uh, tonight after the Brewers and the Cubs. Okay, so inside the locker room, uh, don't have any players on it. It doesn't appear, Anthony Mandela, but you got some stuff on Twitter. Yeah, we do have a man, so to speak, on the inside. Kane Pittman, you might be familiar with if you keep an eye on the Bucks. He's an Australian yep. NBA beat writer stationed to cover the Bucks here in America. He had a chance to catch up with Eric Bledsoe after the game, asking him how important it is for these guys, for the locker room, for the team, to get 60 wins this season. Mm-hmm. Eric Bledsoe said, we want to achieve it, but at the same time, we want to play the right way. Am I being media guy, as Gary Ellerson would say, am I being media guy here? What on earth does that mean? I have no idea. 
we're two, about, we're two you're talking pretty about, smart guys. You're talking about Bledsoe, man. We don't keep ask an eye, me. Don't we ask keep an me. eye on this team. We keep them covered like yeah, a glove. I know. Don't ask me to decipher Bledsoe. I have no idea, man. That If you can't speak Gary, you probably can't speak oh, Eric Well, I, I don't know. But I, I have no idea what the hell that means. I mean, does that mean? What does that mean I'm the guessing, right way? I'm guessing that means don't play selfish basketball and try and be hero guy in order to try to win the 60th game. But isn't that what you've keep been trying to do sharing the basketball and all games? that stuff? I guess. Why would that change now? Because maybe, it's 60. Maybe he misspoke. Maybe he didn't know how to answer the question. Maybe he heard the question wrong. I really don't know. I don't really know. See, now this is what I mean. So now I got some idiot on Twitter, Chris, who says, Steve Sparky, go. you drunk. You really think that Orlando will beat us? Now see, this is what I mean. I said they're going to sweep everybody they see in the first round. Mandela, Anthony Mandela said, yeah. of them, who do you think can maybe beat the Bucks a game? A game. That's, what it's, That's it's realistic. Okay. These things happen. Right. So now from that, I get, oh, you, you're drunk if you think they're going to beat Orlando. I hate Twitter. There was, I hate Twitter with a passion. <laughs> because what happens is, what happened yesterday. Happened on big the big show, show yesterday. Tw- I saw Man, it. people are still responding to that question. We tweet out a question. These fools, the sheep, aren't listening to the show. The sheep of Aaron Rodgers aren't listening. So now they're just all mad and angry. Nobody heard. Nobody heard anything I said or anybody else and gets all irate over a question because they're too lazy to go listen to the podcast or turn the radio on. I hate it. 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 I can't tell you how much I hate it. If it were up to me and it's not, because I'm old, I would banish all social media and we would just do radio shows. But we aren't going to do that because... Yeah, and you take a horse and buggy to the game. You're damn right. That's right. But in today's age, you have to do social media. It's part of the job and yada, 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 yada. So that's why I do it. Well, but I'm just note, telling you, all of it's crap. If you want to hear what we say, turn on your radio. On that note, too, um, we're talking about, again, as I prefaced it, I made it very clear all show, and as you have also since you joined the program, we're not talking about anybody that could beat the Bucks in the first round. No. But maybe a team that maybe takes them to the final two minutes. Maybe takes a game on mm. their court. So we weren't even talking about a first-round loss. But, just to be fair, we are talking about, realistically, it's mathematically possible that the NBA could have zero 60-win teams this season. If there was ever a, a year that you maybe want to bet on the eighth seed against the one, it could potentially be this year's NBA. Because nobody has dominated in that Bucks, sense of it. Bucks are the closest team to domination for hit. sure. 59 and 21. They're going to be the Atlanta tomorrow. They'll be 60 and that'll be the end of that. Uh, Toronto's at 56 wins. Giannis sit again tomorrow? Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't think he was going to sit today. I didn't know he got kicked in the calf or whatever it was uh, in the Philly game of why he's sitting out. But Golden State 55, they're not doing it. Nuggets 53, they're not. You've got four 50-win teams with a possibility of a fifth in Utah who's at 49 in the West. Uh, in the East, you have a chance to probably have four 50-win teams if Boston and Philly both get, a, get another win or two on the way out. So it's pretty balanced, I think, uh, looking at both leagues. The, the bottom half of the West in the playoffs is stronger than the bottom half of the East in the playoffs. Right. For sure. I mean, that is the difference. All right, let's uh, do some forward thinking and look ahead to the Atlanta Hawks. What about the next game? What do you expect from this team now? Time for some forward thinking. Sponsored by Forward Financial Partners. Moving forward together. Find your way at ffpwi.com. This Bruce Cubs game is really getting me worked up emotionally. It it really It's just 2 to 2. I I don't care. There's I plenty want, of baseball left to play. I want to bury these dudes. Yeah, I do too. I want to sweep them. And bury them. So I don't have to worry about them until like June. I want to put them so far behind that even if they get going, it's going to take them a good month, two months. Herculean effort. I want them to take a couple of months. So if in June they get there, fine. But but that's the only way. Look at that. Now, Carantini just hit a two-run homer for the Cubs. See? Now it's 4-2. You can't win all 162. Corbin Burns better figure out how to quit giving up home runs. It's the same thing that happened the first time he was on the mound for the Brewers. Home runs are killing that dude. Uh, okay. Him and Chase Anderson, I, I heard, were hanging out a lot all offseason. Uh, stop it. Chase Anderson gave up a home run last night, but he, he did. did pretty good. Didn't he give up a home run his first time out, too? Yeah. And, like, every spring outing? Uh, 
let's not talk about that. If anymore. he wasn't making tens of millions of dollars, he would not have been on the team coming out of camp. No. Uh, the Hawks' last game, that's who the Bucks played tomorrow. They lost to the Magic, who we were just talking to. 149 to 113, they lost in four quarters. Wow. 149, Orlando put up uh, in four quarters of action. And they only had one player on their bench double figures in that game for Orlando. Really? Only one. Terrence Ross had 25. Nobody else. That is not who I would have guessed. On their bench. Uh, only one player off their bench. Uh, for Atlanta, yeah, Vince Carter still playing. We want to go see him one last time uh, at the arena tomorrow. He's worth going to see. Uh, who else? Trey Young, obviously a young up-and-coming star player in the NBA. He's worth going to see uh, tomorrow if you want to go see somebody uh, play. I uh, used to like Trey Young. I'm I'm done with Trey Young. You're done with Trey Young? Yeah. Why? He made it personal last Sunday. Oh, stop. I don't like him. It's the same, re- it's the same reason I, I can't. I used to, when I was a kid, up until a certain point, I used to like the Eagles. I used to like the Giants. That seems other than the Packers just to, to root for now and sure. then. All these sorts of teams. Hate them now. Hate can't them do now. it. Good. Can't, can't stand Trey Young. In a meaningless basketball game in March, that was enough for me. Evan, what, what NBA player can you not stand? Marcus Smart, number one, easily. Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. I don't like really? Marcus, I don't like Marcus Smart either. I'm not with you. On you know that. who? Uh, we have intern Duck Dynasty here, also getting ready for the Bayview Shade and Blind Baseball post game show. He was telling me on the ride in here. You know who his favorite player in the NBA is? Vince Duck Carter. Dynasty? Oh, Vince Carter. So he should go see him tomorrow against Atlanta. Then. That's what I thought. But he's going to be here, humping it, getting in those hours, helping uh, us make great radio. Trying to get a radio career for himself. That's right. That's probably a smarter move he's than going to listening. see Vince Carter. So that's it's probably a good idea. Yeah, I've never liked Marcus Smart either. Never been a fan. There are a bunch of Bucks fans that wanted Marcus Smart on the Bucks. I'm not one of them. I've never liked that dude. 133-128, Brooklyn over the Bucks. That'll do it tonight. Right back at it tomorrow night after the Bucks take on the Celtics. And uh, tomorrow morning, last edition of the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show at 9 o'clock for this season. Make sure to tune in. We will talk about that USBC Masters that had literally one name in it. And he won it in Jacob Buttruff. We'll talk about that and uh, wrap up the season of the Spare Time Bowling Show tomorrow morning at 9. Also, don't forget tonight after Brewers and Cubs. Cubs up 4-2 right now in the 5th. The franchise, Tim Allen, is in the house already. Uh, and he'll be taking you through that here. game after. Huh? I think he lives here. Who, him? Tim. Well, during the baseball season, he does. I think he does. Goes into hibernation when it's over. We got and then like comes that small out. conference room. Maybe we could just throw a cot in there for him. He's so got he a couch right there. Yeah, but you don't fit right on that. I wouldn't. It's, it's too. It's not. It's not that it's too big or too small. It's just it's not. It's not right. I don't know. There's stains on there. I wouldn't lie on it. Uh, I'll do it. Good night. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.